Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, the licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. On this Monday, folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online on the website, dipietro.com. It's Monday. It is November 28th, and this portion of our program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They have, right now, Christmas season is underway. Everything you need for decorating your home, balsam, brazier fir, cut trees, whether it's 3 feet to 8 feet tall, potted live trees, custom handmade wreaths, 10-inch, 60-inch sizes, swag, mistletoe, hanging baskets, roping, cut greens, decorative pot cemetery baskets. I was there yesterday. It looks just fantastic. Also, unique Christmas crafts. Gift certificates are available. Birdhouses and sleighs custom-made from local artists. Now, they also have firewood available. Pick up in on delivery. They're open every day. Check them out on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. The Christmas season has arrived. They are ready to go. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Well, folks, I hope everyone had a uh, enjoyable Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, first of all, just in the news, there was a wild fire last night. Four alarm fire in Mystic. I was almost going to go and do a Facebook Live, but the rain was just coming down sideways. And uh, I figured it would just be a hell ride getting there, and I didn't need to. But terrible, terrible, terrible uh, fire, if you've seen some of the footage of it in Mystic. Now, some of the news on this Monday. Well, it was a very eventful week. I recognize maybe some people kind of check out over the course of the weekend. But President Trump, it came out and broke over the course of the weekend that President Trump had quite the dinner at Mar-a-Lago on Tuesday night. And this is going to come down, I think, into different camps, so to speak. Um, I'll go first. I have a major problem with who he had dinner with on Tuesday night. I mean, it's bad enough that he had dinner on Tuesday night with Kanye West, who now, whatever, one of these people, now they're known as Yee. But his anti-Semitic comments that he made just about a month ago, past month, have sent his career into just spiraling downwards he is whatever is there's something wrong with him i don't know what it is but there's something wrong with him and that would be bad enough and i believe that his comments anti-semitic remarks by kanye west again i'm going to go back to it was either late september i think it was in october but i would say that would be enough that he should not be dining with a former president um, I'm well aware, if you are a public person, you can't stop various people that get into different photos. You know, people are walking through an airport, whatever, an event, someone comes up and there's a photo. There's a big difference in you're actually entertaining them at your private club, your residence, Mar a Largo, and then you're dining with them. But the individual that Kanye West brought with him that President Trump had dinner with is Nick Fuentes. Now, I'm very familiar with him. He was a uh, student at BU, he is very, uh, he, he's anti-Semitic. There's nothing uh, remarkable about him. There's nothing comical about him. 
And if you're listening right now and you're saying, I don't have a problem with people that make comments like that, that's, that's your individual choice. Uh, for me, I find it reprehensible in the fact that President Trump would actually sit and have dinner with these two individuals is beyond the pale. It's inexcusable. Um, it's not a matter, someone was saying, how did the Secret Service let them in? The, neither one of them have broken laws, so it's not like they have criminal records. But it, it, it's so disappointing that there'd be no vetting process. And, and just be clear, I would have a problem, I think a lot of people would, um, if you saw, let's just say, you know, current governor Charlie Baker having dinner with someone like that, you, that, that is, it, it's, it's, it's unforgivable and it's completely unacceptable. In the same way, if you saw someone like, if you had Governor McKee having dinner with these two individuals, uh, a former president who's currently running for the office again, I, I, I can't listen to this nonsense of he didn't know who they were, he wasn't following it. He has staff. Guests should be vetted. I don't think I should have to explain this. Guests should be vetted. Um, he's a former president. He's running for president. He's running right now to be president in 2024. Anyone that's going to dine with him or meet with him should be vetted by staff. And those two types of individuals should not have access to a former president. If he is allowing people like that access... I'm going to go as far as to say it's disqualifying. I fully recognize, I'm already seeing people on comments, on uh, social media, people saying, oh, you're disloyal. Oh, so suddenly you're a Biden supporter. You know, that, that, that's such a moronic way to look at it. I would say, you know, he's the one that made these decisions. If you are someone who, no matter what, you know, President Trump said famously one time, he said he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it because he could sense how some people were just so devoted that no matter what he would do, it's more like a cult leader, um, that it would all be acceptable. He's not wrong. If there were people, and here, they'll start with the whatabouts. What about Reverend Wright? What about Obama? We're not talking about that. We're talk I, I thought that was wrong at the time. We're talking about right now, and we're talking about a former president who wants to once again run for president and be president. And I would say if you're going to associate with people like Nick Fuentes and Kanye West, specifically Nick Fuentes, it's, it's disqualifying. We can't have someone associating with people like that running the country, period. And I'd say that on both sides. What about what Hillary did? What about, here come the whatabouts. It's all excuses. It's all nonsense. I, 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 I cannot believe to even say, oh, I didn't know who he was and... You know, you, that, that's not an excuse. You should know who he is. And, if he, and I don't expect President Trump to know who everyone is, but he should have staff who knows who they are. And he had someone who helped arrange the dinner, and it was someone that was uh, with him. And I, you just start to question what exactly is going on. When does the amateur hour end? When does this end of, oh, I didn't know who they were? Oh, really? Did he? If there's no vetting process, you are setting yourself up to not only have dinner with, in this case, an incredible racist, anti-Semitic, pathetic individual like Nick Fuentes and what Kanye West has become, but you are setting yourself up to be dining with who, who knows who, right? Someone who's, who has an outstanding arrest warrant, someone who's done jail time someone who's wanted on child porn charges. If, if you're someone and you're listening right now saying President Trump has dinner with a known pedophile, I'm okay with it. Well, then, as I said, you've, you've crossed over. Um, I'm going to step back and say the president of the United States, whether whoever it is, man, woman, President Trump or any of the candidate, um, the, the president of our country should not be dining with people like that. I'm not saying you can, you know, obviously those people exist. You don't need to encourage them. You don't need to uh, give them a higher platform. Nick Fuentes is more popular now than he's ever been. It's all a win for him. The things that he says are absolutely uh, atrocious there. It, it, this is not opinion. This is not, what about, what about... 
Hillary? What about Obama? What about Senator Byrd? And but you can do that all day long, but the whatabouts don't justify current behavior. We're talking about someone right now who wants to run and run for president. I'll say this about President Trump: if he's not going to take it seriously, then I don't I don't understand how supporters can. Someone who's dining with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West tells me he's not taking it seriously because those are not two people that you would allow access if you're truly taking this run seriously. Uh, it, I, I was disgusted to see that. We're not talking about there was an event, they somehow got in and then got a photo with him. We're talking about sitting down over dinner. So there's no one that screens out who's actually going to be at dinner. And I know that he has said, oh, Kanye called and he's troubled and I wonder. So why does it fall upon you? It falls upon you. Yeah, he went there to tell President Trump he's running for president and he wants President Trump to be his running mate. That That is the lunacy that he is surrounding himself with. Listen, there's there's a lot of nuts out there. And unfortunately, I have to deal with some of them. There were people that wanted me to interview them who were running for governor who had no shot. I don't go out to dinner with them. I don't pick their brain. I don't associate with them. I just give them a flat no. There was, there was no reason why Kanye West should have been at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump on Tuesday night. And it has nothing to do with the color of his skin. It has to do with his beliefs where he's basically going full-fledged, he is anti-Semitic. The fact that they allowed Nick Fuentes to go in and dine with the president in Mar-a-Lago is beyond disappointing. Uh, and again, I'm going to say, I think it borders on disqualifying. I recognize there are some people, no matter what, and you're listening right now, no matter what he does, you still just nod along and go along. I, I, I don't think... That's not a recipe recipe for success. That tells me that maybe he's not that serious about running. Because if he was serious about running, you're not surrounding yourself with people like that. Uh, th think of all the different people, all the different individuals who would welcome the opportunity to dine with a former president, let alone President Trump. Think of the people who have amazing life stories or who have great causes or all different types of scenarios uh, where they would be a benefit to him of which he could help those people. The, the, this is a completely wasting of time with these nut jobs who are racist and anti-Semitic and have no business dining with a former president, none. It, it is parasites. They do nothing to lift him up. There's no two forces. There are some amazing individuals out there that have great causes who would benefit from the platform that President Trump enjoys, but instead wasting time having dinner with those two pathetic excuses for humans that they are. Really disappointing. All right, it's Monday. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net you are listening 
to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is our friend, Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off. New York Times, it was over the course of the Thanksgiving long weekend. But New York Times had a huge story, front page, above the fold. And boom, who's it on? Former governor, now Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo. Want to hear your thoughts on it? And as I put it out on Twitter, there's something pretty significant that they left out. Again, she is, uh, you know, we saw this when she was Governor Justin Katz, and she just continues this PR campaign that she gets people to write about her, drop articles, and by all accounts, this was just another flattering puff piece. Oh, yeah, I mean, you just have to read it. By its own account, it was a flattering puppy. Her her office could have written this. It looked like a bio you would put on your corporate website as yeah. like the CEO, description of the CEO kind of thing. It was just pure promotion, uh, which, you know, it's the New York Times, so you have to expect there's some behind the scenes inside Democrat wrangling going on. Somebody's promoting her over somebody else. But uh, as you say, the they let leave out some pretty significant things. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of ways to go at this, but it, the first one that comes to mind is if you contrast this with, say, a similar type person who's a Republican. The one thing I noticed was absolutely missing completely, I mean, apart from any specific topics, was the the people who know her best, the locals who have a who disagree with her or, or put a little bit of a different spin on what she wants to tell the reporters. If in a Republican's case, they always find those people. You know, this person's doing wonders in the in the White House, but back home, they, they not everybody's as supportive or something to, like that. Uh, so that was clearly missing in this. And as I think you're alluding to, they didn't happen to mention they they laud her truck toll uh, <clears throat> solution, um, but they didn't mention that it's now under scrutiny and appears to be unconstitutional, which a lot of people said at the time. And actually, if you if you dig a little deeper, something very similar happened with pension reform. It was just it wasn't as high profile. People didn't dig into it as much. I mean, it was no courts came in. But Seth Magaziner, when he became treasurer, had to reamortize the pension debt, which was what she was trying to avoid. So that wasn't even a fix. So the real story is that she she's good at picking issues to make a big deal out of pretending to come up with a solution that buys her some time until she goes on to the next thing. And then that's, that's basically it. She's good at that. And she's good at getting these kind of puff pieces. What was also interesting, Justin Katz was, <clears throat> I think the local media didn't uh, focus enough or really flesh out when she was hiring some of these different national PR firms uh, based in New York and so forth. Th- these are not, to she was doing it under the guise of that it, the state was hiring them, and whether it was the the tourism campaign, what have you. But the fact of the matter is, these are not these were were not at the time, but PR firms that you would hire, say, to get good coverage on Channel Ten or get good coverage of Rhode Island Monthly. The whole premise of hiring these national firms under the guise of it was like paid for by tourism and all this other stuff. But it was really to get her pieces in the Washington Post, the New York Times. And then once again, as you know, there's this talk that Janet Yellen may be uh, leaving the Biden administration, although I'm, there's mixed signals on that. Um, she learned early on, forget about sitting down and doing the, the big. She, Gina Raimondo, to me, she's all about finding safe spaces, if you will, but Safe platforms where she knows she's not going to get ambushed. You know, she did that interview, if you remember, back in September with Jake Tapper. And it was he went after her pretty aggressively. And, and then that's the last you've seen of her. She hasn't done any of those. So, Justin, my point is she realized early on, whether it was hiring some of the Providence Journal reporters or others, she only seeks out safe spaces. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's all very choreographed. She she seeks out safe spaces. She she has her own PR team, often that probably mostly at taxpayer expense, yes. that crafts these articles for the journalists. So it's there. It's all right there for them to just piece together real quick and get a get a story out of it, uh, which saves them time and money. And she she constructs her her issues in a similar way: pension reform. Uh, fixing the roads, uh, and it's all it's all for show. It's it's to 
to make it appear she's solving tough problems, taking on opposition, et cetera. But it, it's really just a performance. It's 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 marketing, really. And that's that's part of the part of the danger here. Eventually, I mean, right now, the the idea of the article is she's about to hand out, I think it was a hundred billion dollars uh, for, for chip technology uh, to, to move chip technology to the United States. Uh, that's a lot of money. And as, as the article does um, point out, there are issues where it's not clear that the government is competent to, to pick the technology that the, the whole country is going to go after and, and it's and pick a hundred billion dollars worth of vendors to do this. And that's, that's a real problem. And I think that that's where I'm, I'm certainly disappointed that the New York times didn't dig a bit, because if you've got a politician who's, who's good at getting good PR, good at picking issues and not actually solving problems, but just appearing to solve them for the time being, that's a big problem when you're talking about say a global battle for for the future of technology between the United States and China. You can't really fake that. You can't, there's, there's nowhere else to go. And in, in, in 10 years, you're not going to ever say, oh, well, yeah, we'll just ignore the fact that my toll program was unconstitutional. No, you can't do that when you're talking about these international relations. And, but we don't, we don't get to see that. We don't get that feedback because her team is so good at, at getting this kind of PR that, that really is just puff pieces. It's, it's not New York Times journalism. It's, it's more like People magazine profiles and that kind of stuff, but presented as news. You know, it's interesting, Justin, again, folks, speaking with Justin Katz, our politics this week um, <clears throat> is certain words that she, she likes, and I, I don't blame her, but, um, you know, they love the phrasing. And I have to think it's almost like mapped out for the whoever's writing this piece, rising star. They they always love that, you know, she was a rising star as governor and then she's now rising star within the Biden administration. It also shouldn't be lost on people, Justin Katz. I mean, I, I can't remember any type of positive above the fold piece on anyone within the Biden administration. Um, you haven't seen any positive big piece about the vice president. It's been quite the opposite. You don't see anything about certainly uh, head of health and human services, Mayorkas. You don't see anything about Mayor Pete. So not only, you know, does she manage to get them to do that, but when you look at the landscape and just the, the rough midterm battle uh, that this has been and President Biden trying to decide whether or not he's going to run for a second term, that's what stood out to me, just how extraordinary it was. It's not one of several puff pieces dropped about the Biden administration. I think it's the only one that I've seen. Well, that does that's a great point. And it, it points to a, a, an advantage she has in this. I mean, she is she is intelligent and well-spoken and, and competent, at least enough to run things reasonably well. Uh, just but and compared to the, the cast of clowns in the Biden administration, I mean, when you've got people who, who every word out of their mouth is a gaffe, including Biden, you, you've got uh, Mayor Pete, who takes in the middle of supply chain problems, takes an extended uh, leave for his, his as a family health benefit of, of his employment, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's you're contrasting that with somebody who at least does the job. Um, and so she's benefiting from that hugely, I think. You know, again, um, before we take a break, but someone that, you know, I've covered like you, Gina Raimondo, for for over 12 years in her second term as governor. Her only legacy was going to be the Bernie Sanders idea of, of when you think about a free, you know, the uh, Rhode Island choice or Rhode Island promise. That's it. Of the free tuition at CCRI. Aside from that, in her second term, second term, they were struggling. I mean, the truck tolls thing, when you think about it, if she had stayed, that was then overturned by the Supreme Court. But where I, I do give her credit is she recognized that COVID was like a reset. COVID was everyone started back at the finish line. It didn't matter seemingly what you did prior to that. If you bungled COVID, uh, you know, that that was your your downfall. And at the same token, it became more about just the imaging of how you were handling COVID and, and, you know, her daily press briefings. It also, let's face it, it certainly benefited her having CVS right in her backyard. I mean, of all companies to have, and then they rolled out, you know, we were the first ones in the country rolling out the testing. So we'll, we'll never know what her second term would have looked like. It wasn't going to be anything glamorous, that's for sure. They were looking for something to kind of hang their hat on. But she was she was certainly astute enough to recognize, OK, this doesn't matter what you did 
six months or a year ago. It only matters right now how you're handling this. And then, you know, certain people handled it better than others. I would also say, you know, the governor of Florida recognized that, that he this was an opportunity to really jump into motion. Florida, they were different than the rest of the country, a lot of COVID procedures. And then you saw some people that they rose and, and fell, which was like, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo, New York, and then Newsom in, in uh, California. Uh, they were rising stars one day and then fell the next. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J. Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Now, we all know the soccer stadium that is coming in Pawtucket, of which still makes no sense. And there's it really hasn't gone under construction they just did a ceremonial thing oh let's do the shovels and so forth but they tried to do this spin it was actually kind of comical when you look at the amount of money that it's going to cost taxpayers in the soccer stadium and mike rea who worked with uh, gina Ramundo, who's also uh, i be- believe not exactly a fan of yours i know he's not a fan of mine but he um he's taken on the pr for this project and they tried to and I, I, to me, shame on the local media. They just run the press release. But, you know, wow, they broke a record on season tickets sold at the outset. I think it was twenty five hundred. Now, <clears throat> I'd like to see exactly who was buying those. But I see this as one of those things that it, this is the ultimate, you know, a, a pig can't sing. I mean, a lipstick on a pig, no matter how they try to spin this with us. Oh, look at this record season ticket sold. It still pales in comparison of how much money we have to spend on this stadium. It does. And, you know, the whole thing feels just kind of phony, which, you know, coming from Raya and Raimondo Acolyte, you know, it kind of makes sense. But, I mean, I maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm not paying as close attention as I could, but I'm not picking up that level of excitement in the community i'm not no we're not seeing we're not seeing you know regular press releases oh we've we've enlisted this star soccer player or the, the team is still a, a a big question mark as far as i know uh, and we're, we're just not seeing that kind of thing and then all of a sudden we broke records on on ticket sales now to be clear that's still a 25 percent of the of the stadium so we're not talking full full stadiums every time and it's also $24 and you can buy up to 10 so you're talking up to no no fewer than 6000 people and for 60 grand total to buy all those that kind of pales as you say in comparison with the millions tens of millions of dollars scores of millions of dollars Rhode Islanders are kind of pouring into this thing it just kind of feels like you know there are a lot of people with incentive from unions to the governor to make this look like a big thing. And so it's kind of PR 101. People are starting to say, hey, we just kind of approved all this extra money for them and the costs are going up. How's this thing really going? Let's go on a PR blitz. Uh, what, what do we have? Oh, well, let's uh, let's show the logo. Okay, we'll go with the logo. And then, you know, our, well, wouldn't it be great if we could break records on on ticket early ticket sales? I, I don't know. I, I'm. I would love to see the list of people purchasing those tickets. I'm sure it's private information, but it would be very interesting to see that because I. I don't know. There's just something kind of off oh, about yeah. it. It, it, could like, it could be the laborers. It could be the unions just buying exactly. it because then it, 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 well, again, it's 
it's it's nickels on the dollar compared to what they're going to make off of this. Yeah, and it could be I don't know when you've got the governor heavily invested and with tons of COVID money still to hand out and uh, need, needing to cover himself as he starts a new term. You know, it could be even just casual pressure. Oh, hey, you know, yeah, we're we're definitely going to talk about that project you want to do with the state. Hey, by the way, did you hear that the tickets are going on sale for the soccer stadium? You know, I mean, you could you buy. 10 and that's 240 bucks it's not a, it's it's not a big investment to get the governor's approval you know that kind of that kind of thing starts to feel like it's especially when there's just not i i just don't get the sense that rhode islanders are on the edge of their seats i can't wait to go out and get my reserve my season tickets for this thing i it just it's just it's not really plausible. And so we're in that world of, of just kind of, it feels like everything's PR and phony and, and just to promote shuffling money around basically. Justin, I'll go a step further. I mean, the world cup is happening right now. If they were serious about it, how about put big screen TV, you know, big screen TVs out there have uh, free soccer clinics, invite all local soccer teams to come and be part of like a soccer clinic. And then, watch the game they, they could this, this is the height of soccer right now is the world cup going on and they, they, they're not doing anything i mean there are local places where people are gathering and watching the games but if there was ever a window of opportunity to try to build excitement around the team it would be right now during the world cup and they're not even doing anything Right, yeah, and, and they'd be out in the communities with all the all the soccer leagues trying to become the face of soccer in Rhode Island. Right. You know, but even farther than that, they didn't even put soccer in their team name. They, they, they did the FC, which football club, which is more of a European thing. We don't call it football in Rhode Island. No. In the United States, we call it soccer. But it, so they, they almost, it's almost like they, they're not even thinking in terms of the soccer community in the state. It's just it's just a business doing business with the with the government. And that's why you're right. They're just, they're not doing the sorts of things if they were genuinely building support they're just declaring that support already exists well yeah we know support exists from people who are getting paid from the deal and it's it's not unreasonable to think that maybe they goose their numbers a little bit by getting these people to to go out and you know give a good show sort of like the, sort of like the the government handout equivalent of mail ballots you know that's an excellent point on the fc football club because <clears throat> i mean talk about a confusing message anyone Pawtucket is is maybe 20 minutes from from Foxborough. And if there's any football club in this region, it's the team that plays at Gillette Stadium. It certainly isn't going to be a minor league team at Pawtucket. So they can't even do that right. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, this is the big week. Thursday, uh, pot sales become legal in Rhode Island, and which means that recreational uh, people can just go out, buy it. It's obviously no longer illegal. I, I would question, they, you know, police really have kind of stopped enforcing it. But um, I just, I, I don't see this any positive development with this other than they just look at the tax revenues. But other than that, I mean, already roads are a problem. Businesses can't get workers. Um, you, you're, you're just about to make many people in the state even less motivated to go out. And I'm trying to figure out how in any way this is a positive development for the state. No, it's not. I mean, I'm not against I'm not against legalizing marijuana. And I think as on libertarian grounds, but that's just not how we're going about it. Right. It's just like casinos. We didn't just say, you know what, we shouldn't be a nanny state. Gambling is now legal. Instead, we say, okay, the government's going to basically outsource a a government casino or two to to the to the state It's the same kind of deal here where the government's really regulating. It's so heavily taxed. It might as well be. it's, It's more like the government is outsourcing. They're limiting the number of places that can do it. And I'm just not, as you say with the roads, I'm not confident that the state government is able to execute its own activities in a way to deal with the problems that that increased freedom with this sort of drug can can create. I mean, already, I mean, driving around, I live on the border of Massachusetts. I mean, everybody in Rhode Island lives on the border of Massachusetts. Driving around, it's sort of like marijuana smell has replaced cigarette smell in the air. Uh, it's, yes. it's, 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 it's just, it's everywhere. You can it smell is. it on people, you can smell it in cars and you know, whatever, that's, that's fine. But I, as as these people are on the roads, the the police around here are not. I mean, are not basking in glory lately. The the roads are not great. We get we have 
plenty of, we've got problems with, as you say, the, the economy and a workforce. It's just, we're not, we don't focus on fundamentals. Instead, it's, it's the state government trying to cash in on the latest thing that they can make legal in order to, to get some, some extra revenue. And that's, that's really the feel of it all, which is why I think it doesn't feel positive because it's not, it's not an expansion of freedom. If anything, it's, it's the government trying to just edge into to a captured population who, who wants the drug and the government's in the way and will we'll supply it for a price. Exactly. And on top of that, you know, think of the efforts they've made to convince people that smoking is bad for you. And let's face it, I mean, it has worked. You see less people smoke. When's the last time you were inside somewhere and someone lit up a cigarette? I can't remember the last time that actually happened. But uh, I don't care what anyone says. It is still a gateway drug. There were kids that I knew. Again, not for everyone. Doesn't mean everyone goes in. But there were kids that they're like, hey, I like the way this feels. And they want to try something even harder and get even a stronger high and so forth. I just find it hypocritical as as the McKee administration to talk about the opioid crisis. Well, you know, no one just starts out trying uh, fentanyl or trying heroin. It's it's usually a slow process of, hey, let's try this. Let's try that. That's even a bigger high. And it kind of leads down there. So to me, I, I think it's like they want to have it both ways. They're trying to preach to people the dangers of cigarette smoking. As you say now, it's so prevalent. I don't remember the last time I smelled cigarette smoke, but you saw pot, smell pot smoke everywhere. Um, or cannabis, whatever. Um, and it's all about the revenue. It's all about the revenue that just shows that it's really not about, quote, trying to keep people safe and this other stuff. It's just all about the revenue. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com. Well, Justin, I believe Governor McKee is back from his two-week Thanksgiving <laughs> vacation. I think I spotted him. I didn't go, but attend, I should say. But I saw Saturday uh, the athlete that from Providence that was part of the World Series team was in Providence. And I think I saw some photo of Governor McKee there. But um, we are once again faced with problems with the emergency rooms. And the Department of Health had that extraordinary press conference telling regular Rhode Islanders, you know, don't go to the emergency room unless it's these following things. And it's pretty extreme. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. I always wondered why it was such a good idea. They closed that, you know, they, they spent so much money, literally millions on those field hospitals, and then they just shut them down. I'm still seeing people posting that, you know, the healthcare is just horrendous and people waiting literally six hours and longer at the emergency rooms And I, I again, come to I I think it's unfair because they've allowed many people to just use it as like a walk in free clinic. Um, And then the rest of us, when there is a true emergency, there's ridiculous, incredible, intolerable waits. And if anything, uh, the regular citizens, taxpayers are almost discouraged from going to the emergency rooms. Yeah, and this is what you would expect as as we edge towards socialized medic medicine, Medicare, Medicare for all, you know that kind of stuff. People don't make decisions when they don't make the best decisions when they think everything is paid for by somebody else. They think it's just their entitlement. They they have a right to do it. The emergency room may be the most convenient thing. I don't even know who my doctor is. I don't even know where my where the local minute clinic is. I'll just go to the emergency room. That kind of attitude is going to going to go when people aren't paying for their their own stuff and it, it's it's actually it's great that you mentioned the the field hospitals the, the key the key factor behind the 
the field hospitals for COVID was the federal government was paying for them. <laughs> so I mean, right. it's not if Rhode Island had a big, a big reserve fund and said, oh, we better dip into our health reserves and kick these off. So this is really, I and mean, I've been saying this for a long time, this is really what the, the new industry of Rhode Island is and places like Rhode Island, uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, the city is very much like this. The government becomes the industry of the state and the, the way they generate revenue is they, they create clients and then they find ways to make other people give them money to serve those clients. And that's what they do. So they, they get these field hospitals because the federal government's giving the state government money to open them. Okay, here you go. You got tons of money, run with it. But in the meantime, as our emergency room problems show and our, our problems finding doctors and nurses and all that show, the, we're not good at running things. The, everything is in shambles. Hospitals are closing. We can't keep anything going. Doctors are, are not are retiring and not finding replacements because nobody wants to be a doctor around here anymore. The nurses, you you don't have portable licenses, so you you've got to you've got to get your Rhode Island license. You can't just come here and, and fill a gap. I mean, slowly with and a little bit thanks to COVID, we got some advancement in freedom on telemedicine and that kind of stuff. But Rhode Island just. They want to control everything so that when the money flows in, they get to take a piece. It's not unlike the marijuana deal, right? It's, I mean, this is basically how we run healthcare in Rhode Island. And you're going to end up with emergency situations, which is why people have known for a long time, just go to Massachusetts. If you can, if you're near enough to a hospital in Massachusetts, cross the border because you're, you're bound to get better services there. And that's, that's really a shame. And at some point, it's going to come back and, and really bite the state. You know, that's an excellent point. And, and on top of that, you know, Justin, you hit on something. Of not only do they not run things, but there's there's no follow through. It's all lip service. You know, for instance, it's Altius is a good example. I mean, so they, you know, we run a sanctuary state and Governor McKee and Lieutenant Governor uh, they're free to come here. Governor McKee says, oh, they're part of the economy. Give them driver's licenses. But what they don't figure out is that none of those people have health insurance, all the people that are here illegally. And on top of that, they can't find, it's difficult for them to find a general practitioner. So what do they do? When something happens, they, they go to the emergency room. And that can work fine for different parts of the year. But then when we come into these months, and then whether it's heavy flu or different variants of COVID, well, now you have a problem. And in the same token, they, they never seem to do anything with, there are some people that habitually abuse the system. They have the fire department give them a ride. There are people that have drug and alcohol problems and they abuse the system and they're never told that they can't abuse the system. So when it comes to this, suddenly, you know, they part, they're part of the overflow situation. But you're exactly right. The healthcare system in the state, it, it's getting worse, not better. And, and the good doctors are moving out. I see more and more on social media of people trying to find a general practitioner because their doctor retired. And it's, it's becoming more and more difficult because of doctors say, you know, they're just not taking new patients. But when you think about it, they're now saying, you know, if someone has a seizure, they shouldn't go unless it's been longer than three to five minutes. Uh, you know, all this stuff now, that also comes into that. I would, it sounds like people are abusing and have been abusing the emergency room as opposed to um, using it in a responsible way. I just come back to, there's going to be the person who they've done everything they're supposed to and they work and they pay taxes and they own a home and they put their family and take care of their family, children through school. And then the one time that they're going to need to actually use an emergency service and it's not going to be there for them. Um, and it's, it's, when you think about it, it's really so unacceptable. Now also folks, again, our segment is politics this week with me. is Justin Katz, managing editor at com. Well, Justin, Governor McKee, he did win his four year term I'm just curious, you know, he, his message of like, we're just getting started and let's keep the momentum going. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what this full term of a Governor McKee is going to look like, because I, I'm not sure what he's talking about. Of, I mean, basically, the state has been kept afloat because of all the COVID money, but that, that's going to be coming to an end. It is. It is. And I, I mean, as far as that, what he means by the momentum, that's just talk. I mean, he, he's really just talking. In the past two years, we've gotten a really good sense of McKee's character and, and his, his lack of competence. And it's, it, I'm not optimistic for the state with or without COVID money. I mean, once once I think it's calamity when that goes away and it's not easy to just hand out money because he's not he I, I'm not at least Raimondo could, could kind of run things and she was good at 
you know, at least aligning incentives with herself. And so that, that has a, a powerful, that has an effect, right? And it also, it has, it's sort of how politics is supposed to work. As you mentioned, when we were talking about Ramondo, she, you know, she, she doesn't go out on a limb and say, crazy stuff and she did open schools a little bit earlier than other states did it's because she's she has all these constituents that she's pulled together she needs to support her right and so that that's kind of how politics works he hasn't done that he's bought people off with money that's yes. not his, that he didn't have to work for he didn't have to pull in he didn't have to find it just appeared he's been petty and mean to to anybody who yeah crosses him a little bit even his his staffers with the hang up on them uh he's willing to sell his soul to get to the next level he thinks he needs to get to he's not especially competent and he's riddled with with hints of corruption already after just two years as a part as a as a fill-in governor i mean that is not an encouraging basis uh to be facing you know when when the covid money starts to evaporate and the state has to go back to running on its own i don't know what the state's going to do but i i don't think i don't think we should be at all optimistic i, I there's real there's real possibilities of, of just of historic levels of controversy and corruption i think in the next four years you know, Justin Katz, when you think of the big announcements, which were, you know, the Superman building and the soccer stadium, that's they're both, you know, huge amounts of money. And it's also going to be um, uh, this this whole business of uh, commitment. And th there's such a, you know, they think it's a big deal because of all the construction. But when you think about it, th there's no big project that involves jobs. If you are a Rhode Islander, well, like I am, that has your children just, you know, getting out of school. There's, there's no local exciting company where, you know, people are uh, trying to apply to or get into or nothing like that. Both of those projects, they're just, they're big construction projects, but there's nothing that's going to result in any form of jobs. No, not at all. And it's, it's, it's as I was saying, the idea is to find money in order to shuffle it to people who, who are your, basically your clients, political clients, which is, includes the unions. I mean, what you're not seeing, I think, what you're talking about is we're not seeing any kind of foundational work for the economy right. that creates new opportunity that people can be excited about. It's just not there. It's just not part of what Rhode Island does. It's not the business model. We're here to support state government and its own services. And that's basically how it works. And I think that the real sense that you get with McKee is he's just going to be along for the ride as long as it's easy. Yeah. Uh, the real danger is because of kind of his petulant attitude we've seen. At some point, he might be like the, you know, like the Fredo character who wants to assert his own kind of importance and authority. And that's when things can go really bad, when he starts pushing back in petulant ways against the people who really have the power, the unions, the Speaker of the House, that kind of thing. You could really mess up a state with that sort of a, an attitude. But I mean, you're 100% you're right. There's just, there's no work being done to increase opportunity generally. It's all, whether it's marijuana or casinos or building construction, it's all, okay, I will get you something, you give me something as a politician, and that's how the state runs there's just there's no we're going to create we're going to create an op, a landscape where people can make things happen for themselves and not involve government at all that's just not the rhode island way and mckee is apparently just fine with that which is i think maybe sums up the, the biggest disappointment a lot of us have in him because we thought he would have at least some an increased sense of that need for general opportunity but he just does not yeah and i think over the next few months um, I mean, you're going to just get you're going to have more people demanding free housing and then they make a big announcement. They're coming up with more money for, you know, shelter beds with all the money. I mean, the, the surplus is going to be six hundred million. I don't know why it was such a huge deal that Governor McKee said he found. I think it was a million for a million eight for more additional beds. I mean, what, what, they're sitting on six hundred million dollars. I don't know what takes so long, but you're going to have packed emergency rooms, low performing schools. And now you're just going to have more and more people using cannabis, uh, a less uh, desirable workforce for the employers. And I, I still I just don't see anyone. If, if anyone really knows how it operates, big companies, if they're going to come in, if they're going to relocate, they're going to open up a different office. They don't want government, government interference. And, and this, you know, the tone is already set. If, if you even think of coming in here, there's going to be a lot of government interference. You're talking about a governor, a lieutenant governor. They'll walk the picket line against a private company. They're always going to side with uh, the George Nees and the Michael Sabatoni and the Bob Walsh's of the world. 
you, you're not talking about people that are trying to, hey, let's let's really try to move things, which I, I'll give a credit. Raimondo was trying to do that and do a full court press, whether it was on GE or PayPal or something like that. What you're seeing is you're exactly right. Bought everyone off. And now you're, the only mission to me of Governor McKee is to try to keep the labor unions happy and the rec- rest of Rhode Islanders are just going to, as you say, just like him, kind of along for the ride. Folks, again, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Our segment of politics this week is Justin Katz. Justin, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. I'll talk to you soon. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dipietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website topetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com the coincid in 226 coincid avenue in west warwick or an island tradition since 1977 delicious food great atmosphere whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge they can also accommodate large groups a great meal a feast is waiting for you at the coincid inn stop it and see them all year round 226 coincid avenue in west warwick they're waiting for you at the coincid inn